and welcome to the Fitness Besties podcast with Lisa Dawn Beckwith. That's me. I'm Lisa, your friendly fitness coach and your newest bestie. My goal is to help you create sustainable habits that won't make you want to run away at the mention of exercise. Together, we'll wave goodbye to going it alone on your fitness journey as we embark on open, honest conversations and the support you need to start prioritizing you. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Fitness Besties. I'm Lisa, your friendly fitness coach and your newest bestie. And today we're going to be diving into the world of transformative sleep habits. And I'm so excited to share this with you because let's face it, a good night's sleep is one of the most underrated tools for a resilient and energetic life. And this is something that one of my clients actually recommended. She's like, Lisa, can you do a podcast all about sleep? I really want to learn how to have a better sleep. So yeah, I wanted to put together this podcast with a little bit of the science, you can understand what's going on, and then some tips that you're going to be able to put into place straight away. And these are things that are backed by science. These are things that I've personally used myself, so I'll share some of the things I've been doing as well. So let's dive in. Sleep plays a massive role in, in our lives. It's not just downtime. It's a dynamic process that affects every aspect of our physical and mental well-being. When I'm working with my clients, sleep is usually one of the first things we talk about, especially if they come to me and they've got a little bit of a niggle going on. I ask them, how's their sleep? How have they been sleeping? What is going on? What else is going on in their lives? Because How we feel physically and mentally is not just to do with our body and what's going on in our body. There's so many other things. It's it's more of a holistic sort of, we need to look at it more holistically than that. We need to look at all the other things that are going into, think of it like a cup, going into our cup. So things like, how is our sleep? How is our stress? Do we have meaning in our lives? Are we getting out and exercising? Are we getting out outside? Are we giving back and helping? Do we have purpose? All these sort of things help to go into our cup. And when we have things that deplete us, the cup gets filled up, filled up, filled up, and it can overflow. And that's usually when we experience pain or we get a bit run down. And sleep is one of those things that can really affect that cup. And I won't go into it too much today, but with the cup, we can either try and reduce some of the things that are negatively affecting us. So things like lack of sleep or poor quality sleep or stress or all sorts of things like that, But we, which sometimes we can't do. So maybe you're not getting enough sleep because you've just, I don't know, you've got a lot of stuff going on or you've got kids or you've just had a baby or all sorts of things. Or you're particularly stressed because you've got a big project going on at work and things like that. So maybe you can't affect those, you can't change those things at the moment. But what you can do is do things to help build up the cup as well. So fitting in more exercise, getting outside, getting some fresh air, working on your sleep, trying to work on the quality of the sleep, even if you can't get more. So all those things that you can do to build up the cup. 
And it helps to build our resilience as well, our sort of bounce back ability. It's almost like a force field around us that helps us when it sort of almost stops things and knocking us over and, and getting to us. So when things get all, all a bit too much, it means that we're more resilient. We're a bit stronger. We're not going to get knocked over as easily when, when things aren't going, going so well. So yeah, sleep is a massive superpower and something that a lot of people don't necessarily think about. They sort of think, oh, I'm a bit tired today. I need to get some more sleep. But it can have such a huge effect on our body. So much, so much happens when we're sleeping. So what does actually happen when we're sleeping? It's not just a shut-off switch for our brains. So we'll, we'll have a little look at the, the science of sleep. There's different stages that we go through and how it impacts our health. And you'll be surprised at how much sleep influences everything from our cardiovascular health, our heart health, to our pain thresholds, to so many other things. So let's take a, a deeper look into the world of sleep. As I said, it's not just a passive state that we go into. We don't just sort of go to sleep and that's it, everything <laughs> switches off. It's a dynamic process with distinct stages that play a crucial role in our overall well-being. And each stage of sleep plays a different role in preparing your body for the next day. So let's dive into these sleep stages. I'm not going to go into too much detail. I don't want to give you too much information. I want to get to the, the bits that can really help you. But I don't know about you, but I personally find um, when I understand things a little bit more, when, what's going on with my body, and that's one of my roles, I want to help educate you. Because when you understand, you've then got the autonomy to, to know what's going on in your body and be able to make informed choices then. So I'm going to go a little bit into it. If you want more information, there's loads of great articles out there. You can always message me. I can send you some more information as well if you want to read a bit more. But I'll just try and cover the, the different stages briefly, <laughs> as briefly as I can, just so you've got a, a, a little understanding. So first of all, we have your initial descent into sleep, into your sleep cycle, where your body starts to relax and your brainwaves start to slow down. This is your falling asleep stage and usually doesn't last for very long, a few minutes. Then we start moving into a light sleep, which is where you can easily be woken up. Your body starts to cool down, your muscles relax and they may jerk a little bit, your heart rate decreases and your body temperature drops. This is a key stage of sleep that delivers benefits to your brain and your body. It helps to codify your memories, which means sorting them out, moving some memories from short term to long term, and forgetting about other ones. And it also can help boost your creativity. So about half of your time asleep is spent in this stage. So it's a really important part of our sleep cycle. Then we have the stage of sleep, our deep sleep, also known as slow wave sleep. And this is your body's most rejuvenating stage. And usually deep sleep happens within about an hour of you falling asleep. And you usually get more deep sleep during the earlier part of the night. And it's really difficult to be woken up from this stage. And if you do, you can feel really groggy and a bit out of it if you, if you happen to be woken up suddenly for, for whatever reason when you're in this deep sleep stage. And during deep sleep, your body slows way down, your heart rate and breathing are at their lowest levels, and your muscles fully relax. 
Your body is really busy repairing and restoring many systems from your brain to your muscles. So it's a really important stage of sleep. Then we have the REM or rapid eye movement sleep. And this is where dreams can take place and your brain activity is surprisingly similar to when you're awake. As the name suggests, your eyes move rapidly behind your closed eyelids, your heart rate speeds up and your breathing becomes irregular. You might also experience irregular jerky muscle twitches as you dream. And it tends to be more difficult to wake during your REM sleep. And also to to stop you from acting out your dreams, your body also loses some muscle tone during during sleep. So it sort of relaxes a bit more and and almost sort of inhibits you from, from being able to move too much. So while it's no longer true, they've they've studied this a lot that dreams only happen during REM sleep, studies show that about 80% of vivid dream recall results after waking up from this stage of sleep. So if you wake up and you you can remember your dreams, um, it doesn't mean that other nights you haven't been dreaming. It just means you don't remember them. If you wake up during this sleep and you can remember your dreams, it probably means that you've woken up while you're in your REM stage of, of your sleep cycle. Research has shown that REM sleep plays an incredibly important role in both emotional health and learning. So again, just goes to show that all the stages of sleep are very important. And also another stage of sleep that you might not think about, at some points during the night, you'll have some awake time. And it's normal to wake up sometimes during the night, whether you're aware of it or not. If you wake up feeling refreshed and energetic in the morning, you most likely don't need to worry about your, your wake-ups or your movement during the night. However, if you're feeling tired, this could be a sign that something is affecting your sleep quality or an unrelated sleep disorder like sleep apnea. During a typical night, your body will go through these stages in 90-minute cycles. So it will cycle around the different, the different ones. And depending on your day, your body will sometimes prioritize more deep sleep This is usually when you've done a lot of vigorous exercise during the day. Or it might prioritize more REM sleep. And this can be after a period of low sleep. So when you've had some sort of disturbed nights or some shorter night's sleep and the quality hasn't been quite as good, your body prioritizes REM sleep to help you get back, sort of back in sync with your body. And also, (laughs) just a little side note here, the fact that our body goes through these 90-minute these cycles, this is another reason why you shouldn't snooze your alarm. If you do use an alarm, you should get up as soon as it, as soon as it goes off. Or if you wake up naturally in the morning because it's, it's a bit lighter outside or your body happens to wake up, as long as it's not you know the middle of the night, then it's better to get up than trying to go back and sort of doze. And you know it might feel nice to sort of like be back in bed and just doze for a little bit longer. But what happens then is your body then is trying to go back into one of those 90 minute cycles and then, you know, your alarm goes off again or you're like, oh dear, I need to get up. Your body's then trying to trying to get out of, of the sleep. So you can feel a bit groggy and it can take quite a long time then to wake up during the day. And if this sounds very interesting to you, which I think personally is like understanding the different sleep cycles and what my body's going through each day and, and how they can change and just keeping an eye on them. 
Um, there's loads of health and fitness trackers, apps and devices that can track your sleep. So you can use the data to help you understand your body more and to help improve your sleep quality and quantity. Just understand a little bit more about your health and well-being. So, so some things you've probably heard of. I know that the Fitbit app can track your sleep. The Apple Watch, I'm sure, does it. You've got the Aura Ring that is quite a high sort of level of uh, fitness tracking and health tracking. That's one on your finger as a ring and that tracks as well. And one I personally use and really love is called the Whoop, W-H-O-O-P, around my wrist. And that, that also tracks my sleep and all sorts of other things to do with my heart rate and looks at sort of my recovery from the day before, the stress that I'm putting on my body, you know, be exercise or just generally, you know, feeling stressed or excited. So it kind of keeps an eye on all of that. And I personally love it. Yeah, if anyone's interested in trying, I can give you a 30-day free trial <laughs> so you can message me about that. But yeah, there's loads and loads of apps. And I, since I've, I've been wearing my Whoop since August and yeah, it's been really interesting tracking my sleep and just seeing the different things that can affect, you know, from, I don't know, going to, going to bed late or, you know, different times I'm, I'm getting up and things or, you know, if I've had alcohol or if I've done a lot of exercise or if I've not done a lot of exercise, if I've been outside or not. So there's so many different things and it's just been really interesting to just kind of not get obsessed with it, but just be curious. I think a good way to look at any of these health health trackers, fitness trackers, is to be curious about them and just sort of like look and understand what's going on with your body. So yeah, definitely have a look into those if, if you're interested in tracking a bit more what's going on with your body. Okay, so now let's start connecting the dots between our sleep and our health. So poor sleep quality or insufficient sleep isn't just about feeling groggy in the morning. Studies have shown that ongoing sleep issues can increase the risk of serious health problems and also make you less resilient and lower your pain threshold. So I talked about this earlier, it's sort of that force field around you um, can make you uh, a bit more sensitive to uh, things. It's not, you know, it's not as strong. So things can definitely affect you more. And when I talk about pain, I like to talk about our, our fire alarm, alarm. So it's like our, our nervous system is like a, a fire alarm. And when we're sort of low in resiliency, we haven't had as much sleep, that fire alarm sensitivity is dialed right up. So it will go off at the tiniest little thing and you'll be like, oh, that really hurts. And, you know, when on a day when you've well rested and you've had good sleep, it wouldn't affect you at all. So we're just a little bit extra sensitive when we haven't had a good night's sleep. And it can also be linked to memory problems, forgetfulness and increased falls or accidents. So <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I've had a, when I haven't had a good night's sleep, I'm definitely more accident prone. I'm more sensitive to things if I bump into something or if something happens, you know, I tend to react a little bit more strongly or quickly when, when something's happened. So again, that resiliency is low. I feel a bit fuzzy headed and I just really can't function very well when I haven't had a good night's sleep. But here's the good news. Getting a good night's sleep isn't just a luxury. It's a crucial wellness tool. It's during sleep that your body repairs and regenerates. 
your immune system gets a boost and your mind sorts through all the day's experiences, sorting memories and sharpening your focus. So consider your sleep as an investment in your overall well-being. It's not just about the quality of the sleep, it's about the quality of each stage. Now that's the real secret to waking up and feeling refreshed and ready to take on your day. Who doesn't want to do that? So now I've explained a little bit about what's going on, the why, hopefully you're a bit more informed and you can make informed choices and just understand. I think when we understand things, it it really does help. I want to now share with you some actionable tips that you can take away that are backed by science. I'm going to show you a checklist of sleep habits that you can you can use to try and help improve your sleep if that's something you want to work on. So according to research, there's a there's a couple of things that have a really big effect on our sleep. One of them is called cognitive behavior therapy or CBT, which is when we can help change unhelp which can help change unhelpful thoughts and behaviors. And the other thing is called ACT or acceptance and commitment therapy. Both of these are shown to be just as effective in person, online or via an app. And not everyone has the means or access to CBT or ACT. So here's a great checklist of things that we can all do that have also been proven to have an effect. So we're going to start with during the day. (laughs) So preparing for a good night's sleep happens during the day. So first of all, we want to spend some time outside every single day. Vitamin D uh, levels can affect the release of melatonin, which is a hormone that prompts our sleep. Being outside every day as well, I want to talk about morning light. So morning light is so important. It's like a secret weapon for resetting all of our internal clocks and it really helps us to sleep well. So every cell in our body has its own 24-hour clock. It's like a little tiny internal timekeeper. So now these little clocks need to sync up with the big master clock, our master circadian rhythm clock. And if they're not in sync, it's like experiencing an ongoing state of jet lag, which I don't know if you've ever had jet lag, but it's not very nice and we don't want to be experiencing that all the time. But don't worry, there's a simple trick to get everything back in harmony. It's all about catching some daylight. Ideally, sunlight, but you know, if you live in the UK, (laughs) it's a bit rare that we get sunlight in the morning and also depends what time you're getting up in the morning. It might not happen at all. But ideally, within the first 30 minutes of waking up, we want to get some sunlight or daylight at least. And why? Why is that? Because That early morning light works a little bit like a reset button for your master circadian clock. It's like telling your body, hey, it's a new day. (laughs) Let's get everything in sync. So here's the science bit. Every 24 hours, our body gets a boost of cortisol, which is like a little natural pick-me-up. When you soak in the morning light, you grab that cortisol boost early on in the day. And if you don't do this for a period of time, then you'll get that boost much later in the day and that can start causing problems. So it is quite important. I'm going to share some some ways you can do this. So yeah, 
Let's definitely keep it real. We're all human and sometimes life can get in the way or just your schedule. You know, you're up before it's before it's light, depending on what time you're up in the morning. And if you miss a day of, of getting those uh, morning uh, like light and sunlight, don't worry about it. Just make a point to catch a little bit extra the next day if possible. Now, I know that not everyone has the luxury of soaking up the sun in the morning. So don't worry, there are alternatives. You can try what's called a SAD light, a seasonal affective disorder light. And they can be quite expensive, but you know, if you've got the means and you want to get one, you can. But a budget-friendly option is one of those ring lights, <laughs> you know, the one that the influencers use on like TikTok and Instagram. It's to do with the like the brightness or the sort of like color and the strength of the light. And and that one actually has is is very similar to to a sad light. So you could get a you know a cheap ring light <laughs> and just sit there while you're having your breakfast with that on or while you're working in the morning or you know throughout the day. And it just helps to to give you that boost and helps to reset all those clocks in your body. And also getting morning light helps to set a 16-hour countdown to your melatonin releasing, meaning that you get a good quality sleep. So melatonin is, is something the body releases that helps it give signal to the body that it's ready to start winding down on that sort of wind down ready for sleep. So incorporating morning light into your routine can have a really quick response, which is great. I've tried it. I did it a lot <laughs> over the summer and it had a really, really good effect on me. I found it, it did work quite quickly. I haven't been doing it as much recently and I have noticed a difference. It, you know, I haven't been feeling as great in the mornings. So yeah, it's definitely something I'm, I'm working on. <laughs> but yeah, give it a try. Try and get um, that morning light in the eyes. And also just to say that it doesn't have to be uh, like definitely don't look directly at the sun. Uh, you just need to be outside. So, you know, you could go out for, for a morning walk if that's possible. And also it's best to do it not through sunglasses if you if you can and also not through a window. So, I mean, something I've done <laughs> like I did it this morning. You know, it's cold outside at the moment. I, I open one of the one of the windows nice and wide and I just sort of like, you know, spent five minutes looking out into the garden and, and got some morning light that way. So there are ways of doing it. But yeah, just know if you can, it's something that's good to try. Something else that really helps is regular exercise. So yeah, getting um, some cardio exercise and some strength training in throughout the day. So you know I'm um, a great advocate for moving your body a little bit every day. So this can really, really help your sleep quality as well. So you could also incorporate your, you know, your morning light with a morning walk <laughs> and you can get, you know, double, double the wins there. You want to watch for your caffeine intake. So if you, you know, <laughs> love a bit of a, a caffeine boost, you know, coffee or something during the day, caffeine can affect your sleep quality. And it's advised to reduce caffeine if you're having a period of poor sleep. And you also want to avoid it in the afternoons. The stimulating effect of caffeine can take as long as eight hours to fully wear off. So you want to make sure that you don't have it too late in the day. You also want to avoid alcohol at least two hours before bed. So alcohol around bedtime can affect our sleep quality. A, a nightcap might help you get to sleep, but the alcohol keeps you in the lighter stages of sleep. So you tend to wake up in the middle of the night 
when the sort of sedating effects of the alcohol have worn off. And also, you know, you're probably a bit dehydrated as well. So you might wake up feeling feeling a bit thirsty or maybe you've drunk loads of water as well before you went to bed. So yeah, trying to limit alcohol a few hours before bed and also watch how much liquid you take in before bed as well. Otherwise, you're going to be up in the middle of the night needing the toilet. So you don't want that either. You want to make sure your last meal is at least a couple of hours before bed. So try and eat early if possible. And also try and avoid heavy or spicy meals because they can also affect your sleep quality. And you want to, I mean, you want to avoid smoking. I mean, smoking is not great for you at all anyway, but if you do, try and, you know, try and cut it down. This also includes passive smoking. So if you are around people who smoke, try and limit that as much as possible because this can also affect your sleep quality. And you want to avoid late naps. So naps can boost our brain power. Naps are good. (laughs) I love a good, I like to call them nana naps. (laughs) I don't know why. Sometimes, you know, I'll sort of set an alarm and take a little nap. And sometimes I'll put like my eye mask on and and just get into bed and have a little little nap for 20 minutes or so. And, And it can really help if, you know, maybe I haven't had so much sleep or I'm just feeling a bit tired for whatever reason. But late afternoon naps can make it harder to fall asleep at night. So try and avoid naps after about 3 p.m. and keep your naps under an hour. Okay, so let's talk about your sleep schedules. So you want to try and have a fixed wake-up time. So waking up at the same time every day, that includes weekends and holidays, can really help improve your sleep quality. And also the same scheduled time to go to sleep. So going to sleep at the same time every day, including weekends and holidays, can also improve your sleep quality. So yeah, try and try and set that schedule so that you're getting up around about the same time and going to, to bed around about the same time, if possible, without too much sort of leeway either way, can really help you. Okay. Let's talk about your pre-bedtime routine. So about 30 to 60 minutes before you go to sleep, you want to have some sort of wind down routine. Uh, So you want to try and unplug from your devices, like your phones, your laptops, all of that sort of thing. So try and unplug at least an hour to 30 minutes before you go to bed, if possible, put them away. You want to do some sort of relaxing activities like reading or listening to music. I love to yeah, get into bed at least half an hour to an hour before or, you know, downstairs or whatever. Read my book. I love it. That's I've been doing that for the last year and a half or so, sort of bedtime reading. And even if I'm ridiculously tired, it's a habit I've kept. And I think over the last sort of 18 months or so, it's only been a handful. I could probably count it on one hand, the amount of times I've not read my book, even if it's been like a line, <laughs> two words or a page or something, you know, even if it's been for a couple of minutes, it's just that habit I've got now. But yeah, usually I like to, you know, read for read, read for about half an hour or so. And that really has had a big effect on um, helping me get to sleep. It's, it's good to sort of switch off the brain. It, you know, helps you escape into another world. So yeah, if, you, if you're into reading, you like reading and you say you never have enough time for reading. <laughs> Put your phone down, you know, 30 minutes to an hour before you go to bed. You know, I've been talking about scrolling and apps and, you know, being addicted to our phones and things over the last few episodes. And yeah, so that's another way you can make more time for reading or listening to music, some sort of relaxing music. 
can really help. And studies have shown that relaxation techniques like listening to classical music as well can help writing down your worries or writing a gratitude or, you know, thanks for the day sort of diary or journal. So you could just sort of write down, you know, good things that happened today. What what great things have happened? So you can kind of focus a little bit on a couple of positive things, you know, or something great that happened in my in my day today just to just to try and focus on on things yeah on the good things that have happened you can also use uh, refocusing techniques like progressive muscle relaxation so things like tensing and relaxing each muscle as you work your weight up and down your body or you could do some breathing or meditation any of those things that can sort of really help to to slow down, you know, switch off the brain. You know, if you've had a, a busy day and your brain's a bit like, shh, you've got like a million tabs open still in your brain. All of these things. So reading, listening to music, classical music especially has been shown in studies to help. Sort of brain dumping, writing down your worries or talking it out, you know, with someone. Or, you know, just focusing on something good that's happened or something you're, you know, grateful or thankful for that day. And, you know, breathing meditation and sort of, muscle relaxation can really help and I've actually in the past I've used it's a really good app I mean there's loads of good apps out there that you can use for meditation and things but one I really like is called the balance app and they've got loads of different different things on there sort of short and long but there's one that I used actually before I was uh, reading <laughs> so yeah reading's obviously changed the game for me but when I was I used to have great trouble getting to sleep um yeah, when you know, I when I was younger, I used to have to watch TV just to help send me to sleep. I used to have to put the sleep timer on. So yeah, I used to have a lot of trouble getting to sleep. It used to take me hours, not hours, but it used to take me a long time to get to sleep. So yeah, one thing that I used was was this app, and they had one of them was a, a sleep sort of, I don't know, audio that you would listen to, and it would talk you through different things, and it would include things like the deep breathing, um, the sort of muscle relaxation techniques so it talked you through all those different things I think it went on for about an hour and I don't I think that was maybe one or two times I used it when I listened to it for longer than you know 20 minutes or so so it really did help me so it's just it's just about trying different things and just seeing what works for you really other things that can help is taking a hot bath or shower an hour before bed the drop in your body temperature after a bath or shower can help to make you feel sleepy and can also help make you feel more relaxed. A warm drink can also have the same effect. Just make sure that it's uh, not too big or yeah, not too late before you go to sleep because again, you're too much liquid, you need the toilet and you know that wakes you up, which is very annoying <laughs> when that happens. And the last thing that you want to look out for in your sort of wind down routine is Making sure you lower the lights before bed. So making sure the lights in your bedroom are low, but also in the house as well. So after a certain time in the evening, you know, maybe after I've had dinner, I make sure I don't have any big lights on in the house. I try and dim them as much as possible. You know, put side lights on. If, you know, when I go into the bathroom in the evening, I don't put the big overhead light on. I've got like a little uh, lamp in there that I can put on uh, so I can brush my teeth, wash my face, all of that thing. So yeah, so if you can do that, just sort of try and be mindful of like flicking on the big like lights because what can happen the same within the morning when the when the bright light in the morning can help to wake you up and reset all those things. 
if you do that in the evening, again, it can sort of, you know, wake you out of that wind down sort of state that you're getting into it and it can wake you up. It has like a really slow effect. So if you if you do it occasionally, it's not it's not going to affect you too much. But try and get in the habit of sort of dimming the lights and not putting big lights on after a sort of certain time in the evening. So you have a, a few hours where you've got sort of dim lights and it can also help, you know, it does help make you feel a bit sleepy. If you're into candles and things like that, you can put some nice candles on. So you've got, you know, just a really nice, relaxing, chilled, calming environment before you go to bed. So yeah, definitely we want to think about uh, going to sleep way before we actually go to sleep. So we've already talked about things you can do during the day to help you. We just spoke about things like a, a little wind down routine, things you can do to help like 30 to 60 minutes before you go to bed. And now let's talk about things you can do actually in um, your room. So having a good sleep environment is really important. You want to make sure you've got things like a, a good quality, comfortable mattress, pillow, bedding. So, you know, you're comfy, you get in there and it's like, oh, this is really nice. I'm really looking forward to getting into bed. Yeah, so really sort of look at that, finding something that works for you. There isn't, you know, a special sort of pillow that you need to have. You know, find one that works for you, basically. So if you're feeling comfortable and you wake up feeling refreshed in the morning, it's a good pillow. You want to minimize the light in the room as well. So try and make it as dark as possible. So if you can, things like blackout blinds are really good or you could use like a sleep mask. So you don't want it to be too bright in the room. Obviously, you know, if you switch the lights off, you don't want to have too much light coming in because that can also affect uh, your sleep. And also like any ambient light coming from like if you've got any devices or the TV or, or something, try not to have those in your room if you can and try not to sort of, you know, use your phone or your laptop or anything in bed. Try and keep keep those out as well if possible. And yeah, definitely having a darker room can help with better sleep. And you want to have a peaceful and quiet bedroom that's slightly cool. So a room that's quiet and pleasant to be in can help improve your sweet, uh, your sleep quality. And also a room with a temperature between about 18 and 19 Celsius. If you're listening in the States or anywhere that uses <laughs> not Celsius, I'm not sure what that is. So anyway, you can look it up. But yeah, so keeping the room cool, basically can help improve your sleep quality so you don't want the room to be too hot and if you do find yourself still awake after staying in bed for about 20 minutes then it's actually recommended that you don't lie in bed awake and you get up and try and do something else instead so you know maybe going downstairs or into another room if you can and do some sort of relaxing activity that helps to make you feel sleepy again so, you know, some stretching or some reading or just something that helps to make you feel. So all the things I talked about earlier that can help with the wind down routine, try and do something that helps you make sleep, makes you feel sleepy again. The anxiety of not being able to get to sleep can make it harder to fall to sleep again. So try and get up. Yeah, like I say, read, maybe do some stretches or something relaxing until you start to feel drowsy again and then get back into bed and try again. And then finally, if you do have trouble continually trying to get to sleep, it's recommended that you go and speak to a health professional or your GP or someone 
and they can maybe investigate. So maybe you've got some underlying um, thing going on, or maybe you've got sort of really anxious about sleep and your body's now associating your bed with not being able to get to sleep. So that's when things like CBT or ACT can, can help as well. Yeah, so definitely, definitely get it uh, investigated in case you've got, you know, something like that going on and it needs investigating. Or maybe they can refer you to someone to help you. So I'm all about practical tips and this checklist that I've just shared with you is really going to help you. So I want you to take something, as I always say, don't try and do everything at once. Try and take one of those things that I said that you think, oh, actually, I might try that. And give it a go. Give it a go for sort of 30 days or so. You know, give it a go for a reasonable amount of time till you feel like it's, you know, either working or not working and then maybe try and introduce something else. And yeah, try and implement something into your daily routine. And let's make sleep a priority together. So as we come to an end of this episode, I hope it's been super helpful for you. Sleep is such an underrated thing that we can do to really help our sort of health and well-being. So definitely, definitely spend some time trying to help yourself getting a good night's sleep and not just the amount of time, but the quality of it as well. I would love to hear from you, share your favorite sleep rituals and tips with the community. So you can message me on Instagram at Lisa Dawn Beckwith. You can send me a DM. You can tag the podcast, hashtag fitnessbestespod, so that we can find you on Instagram, so the community can find you. And let's create a supportive space where we can inspire each other to prioritize our sleep and live our best lives. So definitely, I'm all ears. I'd love to hear from you. And also, if you've got any ideas for future episodes, let me know too, because I love to love to hear from you. If you've got any questions, feedback, or want to have a chat, yeah, let's carry on the conversation. And as always, if you've loved this episode and you think it will be beneficial for one of your friends, one of your fitness besties, please share the podcast with them or share it on social media. And also, I'd love it if you haven't already to to write a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. You can rate it, and I don't know what you can do on the other. Uh, other apps but yeah however you can sort of like help the podcast to grow would be amazing and make sure you like subscribe so that you find out when new episodes are coming out but as we wrap up remember sleep is not just a necessity it's a superpower (laughs) and the fitness besties community is here with you on this journey along with myself so until next time Take care and here's to a night of transformative sleep. (laughs) Sweet dreams. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. And if you haven't grabbed my free busy women's fitness habit tracker, which includes bonus training videos with tips and ideas, then head to the link in the show notes and grab it today so you can learn how to build sustainable movement habits that fit into your already busy schedule. And if you love this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would share it with a friend or on social media. And if you haven't submitted a review, I'd love to hear from you. Just head to Apple Podcasts and review to help others find the show. 
And lastly, if we're not connected, head over to Instagram and say hi. I'd love to hear from you. Tune in every Friday for new episodes. Speak to you soon. Bye.